so uh, scripture once again can just be found in that 12th verse of uh, the second chapter of Matthew and once you found it if you would just please stand for the reading of God's word it's just, uh, just one verse one verse and having been warned in a dream not to go back to heaven they returned to their country by another route May the Lord add a blessing to the reader hears uh, this written word. Just to put a simple tag on this, and that's bring it all home. Bring it all home. Y'all remember that time? Y'all remember that by Sunday? Bring it all home. Bring it all home. <laughs> Some of these young folk don't know about that. Like what? Sam Cook. Good music back then. Amen. Don't 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 get all sanctified on that was some good music. Presence of God. 
And what I've come to understand is that anytime we come into God's presence, something ought to happen. Amen. Amen. Uh, Amen. Uh, and so, 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 uh, when you really experience His presence, it is life altering. It's amazing, though, how if we're not careful, we can come into His presence and. Uh, at the same time, if we're not careful, lose the entire experience before we get to that final destination or place. And so, we, in other words, it's amazing how we can come to church on Sunday and before we get out of the parking lot, we can lose everything we gain. Uh, in the worship experience, just say ouch if it hurts. Uh, it's amazing how sometimes even before we get out of the parking lot, it only takes one person to try to rob, steal, and destroy your experience before you can even get to the parking lot. And so we have to be careful that uh, oftentimes that there's something that's in place that's always trying to watch this church kill your joy, kill your peace, kill the very thing that God has done for you. What are you talking about? I'm in text because it was Herod who wanted to what wipe Jesus out in a real sense. Herod wants to destroy Jesus. And if we're not careful, we allow Herod. Herod is always in place to take away what God is trying to birth in your life. Understand that we all have a Herod that's always riding our backs, wanting to take the very joy, the very the very love, the very blessings that God is trying to bestow upon you. Herod is always out to destroy it. Herod is always wanting to give it. You ought to stop allowing Herod to get in your way. You Do you not know that you're more powerful than Herod? And so because I said this morning, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. You ought to act like it. And place Herod on notice that you can't take my joy. You can't take my spirit. You can't destroy me. God's been too good. God has given me the gifts I need to operate blessed. You missed that. That God has given me what I need to operate and to like I'm blessed. Don't you know you have more than you need to operate and act like you're blessed in this world? That God has already birthed what you needed to act like you're blessed. Look at somebody and say, I don't know about you, but I'm blessed. That God has already birthed that. He's already given us that. See, that's the kind of Christmas tenacity that you ought to have in your life. That when you experience Christmas, when you have come into the powerful presence of God, you ought to leave like you 
know you've been blessed by God. That God is, we sung the song this month, that God is able to handle whatever I encounter. I ain't sad, I ain't broke, because God is able. That's the kind of Christmas excitement. Christmas ought to do something on the inside of you that just shakes the very foundations of everything around you. That when you step into your home, it ought to turn everything around that's not right. Oh, y'all don't want me to preach this morning. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what y'all came to do. Look at somebody and say, wake up, wake up, wake up. <laughs> I know you're tired, I know you still have all that Christmas food in you, but it's time to wake up. We came to have some church this morning. You ought to still have a shot. You ought to be glad that you had some food to eat, and it was because of Jesus. Somebody say, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. So, 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 I'm preaching what I didn't even write down, y'all. Christmas ain't over. And so we, 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 the experience of Christmas ought to do something on the inside. It's altering, it's changing. You can't come back or leave God's presence and not have be changed. That's how powerful God is. Last week Nick preached King Jesus. He talked about King Jesus. This King Jesus in the last verse that we read says that the Magi returned uh, returned home by a different route. They didn't go back to Herod. You see that? They didn't go back to Herod. <laughs> they returned home. They were supposed to go back to Herod to report to Herod where Jesus was. <laughs> but they didn't return that way. This was done because uh, they had a dream. A dream. God gave them a dream. And God said... Uh, that they should not uh, in the dream God tells them let me read that, that verse you know, y'all look at it he says uh, let me pull that up real quick I've, give me one minute I, I've got it here somewhere uh, then the, Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them that the exact time was started okay uh, after they had heard the king they went on their way to start and when it rose, went ahead of them until they stopped over the place where the, the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother and Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, mirror, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to hear it, they Return to their country by another route, uh, having been warned in a dream not to go back. Uh, 
so scripture tells us that they were warned, they were warned by this dream. The Magi were considered these wise men as we learned the last week. Not sure if they were necessarily dreamers or even in some ways followers of God per se. Uh, we know that as it points out that they were astrologers. Um, they understood Jesus to be a king and this was sometimes the behavior of a magi. I'm not sure, but I have a sneaky suspicion that after this encounter with this particular king, this King Jesus, uh, that everything changed for them that night. Uh, that there was something different about having been in what the presence of God. Uh, we, we are told that the dream redirects them. It, it, it redirects them. They are actually warned not to go back to Herod in the dream. They, they were on their way to honor and worship Jesus as they apparently stopped. I want you to see this. See, because they didn't start out in Jerusalem. They started out from what? Home. And, and as Nick points out last week, we, we, they were coming from different places. So uh, we don't really have a real number of how many there were. I know you've seen that all of the little shows and everything says three, but we don't have a real number. But they started out at home, headed towards Jerusalem, headed to Bethlehem to encounter Jesus. But on their way, uh, Herod finds out, and Herod calls them to him uh, and tells them once they found Jesus, he let me know because I want to worship Jesus. Now, of course, we know that Herod does not want to worship Jesus. He wants to what? Kill Jesus. So we know that. So they, they, <clears throat> so they proceed on, but in the dream, they're warned that they should not go back to Herod. So therefore, they choose to what? Take a different route. Uh, they choose to take a different route. I'm sure that they were afraid of Herod and had every intention of doing what he said. But I believe that once they encountered Jesus, <laughs> that there was no way that they could return back to Herod. Scared or not scared. Are y'all with me? I, I, I just have this sneaky suspicion that their encounter with the baby Jesus, because Herod was a fool. Herod was crazy, y'all. I mean, he was he was just psychotic. Dude was just known that he was, yeah. I, I mean, you know, you didn't mess with Herod. And so, but yet, I believe that because when they encountered the presence of the baby Jesus, there was there was something that changed that even that 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 regulated their fear yeah. of Herod. <laughs> they had come into the presence of God in a way that it altered them in a way that they said, you know what, we can't go back to him because what we've encountered with Jesus is much greater. That Herod, you've got to know when you stand in the presence of God, 
that God is even greater than the fears you have around you. And so there was something that changed their, their minds, their direction, their continents, that changed the very essence of who they were to where they couldn't operate the same way. And so they were no longer afraid. Uh, matter of fact, I kind of can I just in a sneaky, suspicious way, maybe they experienced such a joy, and watch this church, that their joy overrode their fears. Maybe they experienced such a blessing that the blessing that they carried was greater than the challenge that they would face with Herod. That somehow something was swelling up on the inside of them that regulated everything else on the outside of them. That they weren't worried about Herod because something had been birthed in encountering the presence of God. Something, something was so strong inside of them that it controlled everything else. They weren't even worried about hearing <laughs> that, that maybe after worshiping Jesus, because the Bible says that once they offered him gifts, they bowed down and began to worship him, that maybe they were so full of worship that they didn't have time to worry about hearing <laughs> that maybe that there was such a high amount of worship on the inside of them from having encountered Jesus that they just weren't even thinking about hearing at all. God, something though changed. Something was altered because they had been in the presence of our Savior. Allow me once again to submit that when you come into his presence, it changes things. Couldn't act the way they did. But it was their choice. I want you to see that. It was their choice. The text says, having been warned about Jesus. I want you to look at the verse against William. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Right? So, so in other words, the dream just warned. Did, did you see that? The dream only warned them. But they chose a different route. Yeah, so, oh, I wish I had just somebody with me. <laughs> they, they, you know, the dream warned. It gave them notice. Uh, but they chose to conduct themselves differently. Watch this, watch this. Can I mess with you right now? So what are you doing with what God has given you? <laughs> What, what are you doing with what God gives you? Isn't it amazing how sometimes God can give us warnings, we'll have the warnings, and then we'll walk the same, walk right down the same path. Watch this, can I make it plain and simple? You knew that Negro wasn't any good?
butterflies. That goes both ways, male and female. You knew that they weren't any good. You got the warning and you stepped. <laughs> look, look, you have to what? You, you, you have to use <laughs> what God gives you. <laughs> And then it's amazing how we'll, we'll step right there and then after everything blows up, Lord, help me! I, I know sometimes God just has to look down at us and just shake his head and say, I, I just want to believe sometimes that God has a way of talking and looking at us like, fool, I, I, I was trying to help you before you ever went there. But you went there anyway. You know, so, so we have to use, it's not that God won't reveal things to us. So, so God is constantly, I want you to get this, God is constantly revealing things all the time. It's what you do with the revelation that you receive. Ah, the, the revelation is only as good as you apply it. If you don't apply it, <laughs> so so I, I love that verse because it says that when they received the dream, God gave them that there was a warning in the dream, but they chose a different course. They choose. You have to choose. After we encounter the power and the presence of God, it is up to us to make some decisions. There are some decisions that you have to make. There's some decisions you have to make. I think sometimes we want God to do it all. And what I've learned is that no, 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 no. That is not the way God operates. God will not do it all for you. He didn't even, he didn't create us that way. I'm giving you some, some Christmas knowledge here. He didn't create you that way. God will not do it all. You will always have to make some choices. I just want to put somebody on notice now because I think you keep waiting for God to do it all. God will not do it all. And you know what? What I found is that sometimes there's some tough choices. It's, it's not always easy because watch this, watch this. In the text, they had to make the choice to what go a different route home. That means that what? What, what does that mean? That means that maybe the journey was going to end up being longer. Y'all know how we are. When we want to get home. We want to take the shortest ride. We, when we want our blessing, when we want what I want, we want, we want what? The shortest ride. But every now and then, what well, God will instruct you but it may not, it's probably going to be the longest route you'll have to take 
that you've ever taken to get to what God has for you. But you've got to be what patient enough to know that the blessing that he has for you is greater than whatever you have to experience in the process to get to it. We can't always, God does not give you the easy route all the time. Is it the easy route? I don't know. Maybe y'all, maybe you, you so close with him that you get the quick route. I don't get the quick route. He never operates that way. It always seems to be work. Even when, watch this, even when I think it's the easy route, that ain't nothing but the first phase. It's never easy. But watch this. Watch this. Watch this, though. It's always worth it. Yes. Amen. 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 You know what? I've learned can't nobody bless me like God. Yes. It says that they took a what? Different route home. Which means that potentially it was longer. It was more tedious. Maybe they had to even go through some rough terrain, some challenges along the way. But it was the right route. It was the right route. Can you imagine a couple of them? I mean, y'all know how we are. We get on that route home and then we, we face... We face the cliff or we, we face the valley that we got to walk through and then we start looking, God, oh man, really? This is what you're doing to me? Let <sighs> me stop messing with you. So, 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 we, it was their choice. We have to make some, some different choices. Yeah, as soon as you walk in the door, you say it. 
one where Herod won't destroy, watch this, what God has given you. What God has given you. Herod always wants to destroy what God has birthed in your life. So just when you get your peace, Herod wants to kill you. Just when you get your joy, Herod wants to destroy it. Just, 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 he, Herod wants to take it all away. But you have to choose to protect what you have received from God by taking a different path. You have to protect it. When the Israelites were crossing the Jordan, Scripture says uh, they took a different route that they had never been before. We learned that when they were crossing, I realized that they had crossed the Jordan a thousand times. But scripture tells us when they crossed the Jordan to enter into the promised land, that now all of a sudden, God takes them what? A different route. There's some slight turns and twists that you will need to take in order to receive what God has for you. You're close sometimes. But now it's taking those slight turns. It's doing things slightly different. You know, one of the things that I've learned that oftentimes that God keeps revealing to me, it's not, it's the, it's the little subtle changes that I need to make. Sometimes we keep looking at the big things, but it's really the little things that we need to change that would lead to what greater changes in our life. It's, it's not the, the big things. You keep focusing on, oh, if I had this or if I had that. No, it's the little things. It's the small tweaks and turns that you need to make that become important. Matter of fact, psychologists believe that if you take, watch this y'all, if you take a different route to work in the morning, It actually creates creativity and innovation just by taking a different route to work in the morning. That literally it changes something, something as just a different turn. What are you trying to say, preacher? I'm trying to say some of y'all, yeah, some of us as creatures are happy. We do the same thing all the time. Day in, day out, and we want God to bless it. Oh, y'all don't want me to preach this. <laughs> you operate the same way all the time. Uh, and, and, and sometimes you have to what? It's the little change that you need to make. Uh, it, it's the small change you need to make. Maybe you should have walked in here this Sunday and spoke to the person that you never speak to. Oh, God, stop, Pastor. Stop. Stop, Pastor. Maybe you needed to walk in here and just smile and hug somebody that you have never hugged before in this church. Stop, Pastor. Maybe you just needed one time to just even try to throw your pinky up in the air if you never threw your hand up in the air. Maybe you ought to just wave your pinky one time. The little changes. Y'all don't want me to preach this. <laughs> just the 
little changes, small deviations, a different path that can lead to great blessings. There's some little things that you need to do right now. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but you ought to receive this message this morning. There's some little things. I'm empowering you with something right now. There's some little things that you ought to change in your life, in your routine, daily routine. I know you always get up and pray in the same spot. Maybe you ought to what, pray in a different spot. That, that spot ought to be anointed, blessed, and filled with power and running over in every which way. Maybe there's some other areas in your house that need to be blessed and anointed and running over just like that spot. Little changes. Little changes. Look at somebody say, take a different route. Small de deviations have a way of changing something in you. They have a way of impacting you. Look, can I, can I make it plain real quick? But once again, you want to be loved, but maybe you need to love yourself first. Watch this. Stop looking for something that's already on the inside of you. God, stop fasting. Stop, stop, stop fasting. You want to be like, but you need to like you. <laughs> Look, you created what? In his image. You ought to like it. 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 You want peace. But watch this. You need to get still enough to get it. <laughs> you mess, stop, Pastor. You just messing with us. You keep talking about you want peace, but you won't get still. To, look, the Bible says what? Be still and know that I am God. <laughs> I don't know who I'm preaching to. But, but, but you need to be still. Be still. Be still. Be still. Be still. Oh, I need some peace. Be still. You don't you ain't even still at home. Even when you're sitting on the sofa, your mind just running, racing. You already thinking about eight other things that you matter of fact, sit on the sofa doing multitasking five, watching one show. Watch you got iPad, phone, and everything else. Pad sitting right there. Be still and know that I am God. But I want peace. Lord, give me peace. God keeps looking like if you would be still, I'll give you what you need. But I need you to be still. Look, look at somebody say, take a different route. You want people to see you. But you need to see God in you. you. You you want them to see you, but you need to see God in you so they can see you. Don't miss that. 
Don't miss that. This is important. This is important. You want people to see you, but you need to see the God in you so they can see you. Watch this. You light up when you understand who's operating in you. That's what well, look, 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 Matthew says that what we are the what? Light. When you understand the power of God that's in you, when you understand that you walk in his presence. See, some of us, see, you've got the light, you've got a lamp on the inside of you. All you need to do is turn it on. God, I wish you out this now. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, turn it on. <laughs> Watch it. Look, when Moses came back from the from receiving the Ten Commandments, having been in his presence, all the people were scared because they said that he was, it was a radiance upon him. There ought to be a radiance upon you when you've been in the presence of the living God. You know what? There's a radiance that's upon you. So, so in, even in the midst of darkness, even when you have to go through darkness, you understand that there's a light switch on the inside of me that can, that, that, that can be radiant and that can light up. If you want somebody to see you, you've got to see the God in you and turn on you, that switch that lives and breathes on the inside of you. You ain't got to, watch this, you don't even have to shout to get nobody's attention because when you understand the light that's on the inside of you and you begin to let that light shine, it will begin to create space and people will see you. Because they're going to see what? The God in you. They're going to see the God in you. You ought to let your light shine. And so, so, so I it's time, I'm getting ready to close. It's time to take a different route to secure what God has done for us. Don't lose what he has birthed into your life. God has already birthed something in your life. Watch this. The, the match I had a purpose, a focus, when they left home. And that was to get to the baby Jesus. It was Herod who called them to try to destroy what God was doing. And now all they had to do was what? Get back home. They had to take a different route so that they could what? Bring it home. Bring what God has given you home. This is your home space. Bring it home. God has already birthed. He's already done what he needed to do. His birth, Jesus' birth, life, death, and resurrection has given us what we needed. So now, God is simply standing on the sidelines saying, come on home. Bring it on home. Bring it on home. When I was um, playing little league baseball and eating pony meat, you know, you always had that third base coach that stood there. 
inevitably, when there was a play, and maybe you were in play already, you were on second or third base, but that third base coach always knew was keeping a watch of when it was safe for you to just come on home. And so anytime someone hit the ball, and, and if you knew it was a play where you could get home, that third base coach would just sit there and just wave you on home. It's time to run. Yeah. I believe God sometimes is just standing there. He's our third base coach. And he's just saying, you know what? You can come on home. <laughs> it's safe. <laughs> that God has already done what he needed to do. And he's waving at us to come on home. Bring it on home. Bring the peace that he's giving you home. Bring the joy home. Bring everything that God has given you. Bring it. He's already, he's just waving you in now. He's waving you in. Doesn't matter that Herod is out there. God is just waving you in. Bring what God has given you home. You have joy, bring it on home. You have peace, bring it on home. You've got mercy, bring it on home. You've got goodness, bring it on home. Bring it on home. Those on church. Hello, my name is Lorenz, and I am a choir singer here at One Fellowship Church in Waco, Texas. Thank you for listening. You can learn more about our congregation online at onefellowshipumc.org. You can also like us on Facebook in order to stay up to date with the latest events and activities taking place in our community. Please feel free to share this message and others on social media so that more people can hear about what God is doing here at One Fellowship Church. Thank you and God bless.